the idea is we aren't going to have to review every single artwork label with, you know, every stakeholder every single time when we're, when we're trying to deliver uh, a large volume of SKUs. Rather, if we know what we want going into this, we know the graphic system set up, we're aligned there. And then when we, when we are reviewing with a team, we can review a lot of stuff in a short amount of time. So our hope is, you know, at least my hope is it's, you know, there's this return on investment of the effort we put into this guide. We get out from the amount of, you know, fewer hours we're spending launching uh, new packaging. All right. So I've seen packaging guidelines before, but when I saw the guidelines for Coastwide, a facility solutions company within the Staples quiver of own brands, my mind was blown. It's a 300 plus page document that covers everything from packaging materials, structural design, perforation, closures, graphics, and anything else that a designer or a supplier may need to know in order to deliver an on-brand unboxing experience. I want to share this conversation that I had with Logan Steinfeld, Staples Manager of Product Design. He oversees product and packaging because like many of the brands today, he sees packaging very much like a part of the product, not a separate design component. We reviewed the guidelines on a Zoom call and we shared the video on YouTube so you can see the guidelines themselves. There's a link in the show notes. But what I'm gonna do is pop in throughout the episode just with some little note to explain to you what it is that we're looking at on screen. So thanks for joining us today. We've got Logan Steinfield from Staples and Coastwide. Logan, how's it going? Good. Thanks for having me. How are you? Yeah, great, man. Awesome. Just uh, Arizona. It's like 110, 115 today. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> That's rough. <laughs> yeah, it's really hot, man. Where are you in, in the country? Yeah, I'm in Boston. Uh, so, you know, if you hear any, uh, you know, traffic noises, my apologies, we're in the city. But yeah, it's actually pretty cool today c compared to that. It's like 70. <laughs> and I don't hear a Boston accent, so... No, no, I'm from the West Coast. Yeah, from Oregon. Cool, man. So you're with Staples. Uh, Staples has a bunch of different brands underneath it. You know, it'd be great to just understand you know, your role in, in the organization and your history. Yeah, so um, my role at the company is I'm a, I'm a manager of product design. And I, uh, I oversee a few brands within Staples. So basically managing the actual product design as well as the structural design of packaging. My focus at Staples has really been in the technology category uh, with a brand called Next Technologies, and then within the uh, facilities and pack and ship categories with a brand Coastwide. My, my role has more recently shifted, so I'll be more focused on furniture uh, going forward. But yeah, that, that's been it. Staples, I should just mention, in uh, 2018, started this transition from really uh, private label products to doing more to creating basically this house of brands that's that's just more thoughtfully designed. Okay. So you know, we introduced last year five new brands. So we have Coastwide Professional, which is facilities. We have Next Technologies, which is technology. We have Union and Scale, which is furniture. Uh, Perk, which is break room products, so cups, plates, that sort of thing. And then we have True Red, which is our business essentials, office supplies. Yeah, yeah that's a huge shift, right? Because I remember walking into Staples and you would see a million different products with a million different brands. And there, there was never any, there was the Staples brand. It was just generic. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's been a fun process, like really creating these brands with a lot of personality that, you know, really stand for something. And, and so um, that's what we've been trying to do. And, I, I, you know, I think we've been pretty successful at it. So, yeah, no, yeah. Uh, I mean, it seems it's like the target model, you know, just in my neighborhood alone, I see the Staples truck going up and down the street as people are working from home and that people are now ordering supplies and Staples is becoming a, a go-to brand. That's awesome. 
happy to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> so um, within product design, product development, I'm assuming that you're then an industrial designer. Yeah, I went to the University of Oregon and actually, yeah, I got a degree in product design from there, which was really more focused like industrial design. And uh, yeah, I had some really good internships, you know, Ziba when I was a, a senior in college and I learned more about, you know, design strategy. It was a, it was a really great sort of eye-opening experience for me. And then I, I actually went down and interned with Smart Design in San Francisco and just sort of built on, you know, that kind of big consultancy, you know, strategic industrial design uh, sort of stuff. And then moved on from there to startups and small businesses and actually moved out to the Northeast and did some contracting work for a, a design consultancy called Essential Design. And they introduced me with, to Dan Riley and to the Staples team. And so I, I moved on to, to Staples from there. So yeah, I've had one of those experiences, I feel like, where I've worked at like, you know, small businesses, startups, <laughs> consultancies, and now this large organization. So it's, it's been a journey. As you've kind of worked your way across the country, you've gone from product design, and the reason I want to talk to you today is a set of packaging guidelines that are mind-blowing. And <laughs> yeah, I've told you this on several occasions, you know, these guidelines are so precise and developed in such a way that the system just makes sense and it leaves zero questions for anybody. And really, it reduces the ability for anybody to break the system you've created. Um, obviously, there's always going to be opportunities for things to break, but it, it's really minimized that. Um, so from a packaging design standpoint, going from product development to creating uh, packaging guidelines and, and the system, you know, what's that transition like? You know, how do you how do you get selected to be the one to to run point on this? Oh gosh, yeah, that's it. Just sort of evolved that way. Yeah, I feel like I feel like my time at startups and small businesses sort of helped with it because we were so lean. The way we would have to create processes in order to be efficient. You know, we were building these systems. They weren't just design systems, but process and development systems, mm -hmm. which I was just involved in. And so I think it's sort of the way I've I've kind of been trained to think. But yeah, at Staples, we were launching these brands and, you know, hundreds and if not thousands of SKUs that needed to be packaged and needed to be launched. And so we just started looking at systems and how do we keep track of, of all this content we're creating, all the, all the creative work and how do we create consistency and structure and how do we, how do we build efficiencies on this? You know, guides were something that even when I came in, we were talking about. But yeah, I think I just sort of, I think I just sort of took to them. I got excited. I mean, I was interested in them. <laughs> so I think, I think that helped. But yeah, I think, I think kind of from there, it just, it just sort of worked out. Uh, it was natural. Yeah. Yeah. It's not something everybody can do. You know, I think that's why it's important just to put this podcast out there is why brands need them and, you know, what it takes to actually build them. And you kind of go through and, and show what this, uh, the set of guidelines actually contains. Because uh, a lot of times people don't understand what it really needs, right? There's brand guidelines. But when it comes to packaging, it's not just the way that graphics appear on a box. You know, it's the entire journey of this pack from production, materials, positioning of handles, uh, placement of color, all the way through, you know, how it's actually displayed within a, within a, a retail store or how it works in e-com. And there's so many different areas within that, that as a packaging designer, you might not have all this information. So as you're working on this, it wasn't like you in a closet just cranking away at this. Like you had to have access to lots of people. Exactly. Yeah. And I think those are the, I think those are the challenges. Like this has been a long time in the works and, <laughs> and the way it's evolved is just, we keep learning from our mistakes or we keep finding new areas where we're like, oh, we should bring that into this guide. Like that makes a lot of sense. We'll want to know that going forward. So there's a lot to it. How long did it actually take to execute with the Coastwide Professional Guidelines? 
you know, with Coastwide, we actually started really with two different guides. So we started thinking about uh, structure. And so what kind of experience do we want to deliver to our customers? What kind of channel is this, is this being sold through? So it's, you know, like you mentioned, e-com, what's common in that channel and really just kind of building that, like that structural guide. But meanwhile, there was a graphics guide being developed. There was just sort of this disconnect and we were thinking, well, there's such an opportunity. We should be thinking about graphics while we're thinking about structure. And so we, we combined it, you know, we combined the two, you know, I should say it was never my full-time job to be doing these guides. So it's kind of hard to quantify exactly like how many hours went into it. But I guess I would say the most recent cut took probably, you know, half a year or, or, you know, three, three, probably three months just to get it all together. Yeah. Into a way that makes sense. Sure. Why would a brand need packaging guidelines like this? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. Um, you know, our take on it is it's it's really an efficiency driver uh, for the business. You know, it, the way it, like I see it sort of fitting into our development process. Our goal is we go into this guide and we get alignment across teams and um, we get input across teams. And so as we build this, we can make big decisions across, you know, a huge volume of SKUs up front. And so further down, you know, the pipeline, we're not having, you know, alignment meetings on where does the logo go or why is the structure built this way? You know, I think our hope is that we can develop this guide with enough sort of forethought and vision to say, like, we don't need these meetings that we would traditionally have to have to launch a product. And so, you know, I, I think a huge part of it is it's just a massive time saver. You know, I think there's benefits to the customers as well. If you're a brand and you want to make sure that you're developing product that fits on brand, you can always look back to this guide and just make sure that that you're doing that, you're delivering the same experience for your customer every time. And I, you know, we think that's really important, especially as we're building new brands. But yeah, you know, I think there's a lot of good reasons for it. Yeah. Sure. And, and part of the reason that this this particular guide is so robust, and I think it's what almost almost 300 pages, right? <laughs> Somewhere around there. <laughs> it's pretty big. Um, yeah. Is because you guys, as Staples, uh, and with this one in particular, Coastwide, how many SKUs do you, would you estimate you have at this point? Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's hard. It's honestly hard to estimate. Uh, yeah. Hundreds, um, maybe thousands, maybe thousands, but yeah, like Co Coastwide's an interesting brand. So Coastwide does facilities products. So what that means is we do chemicals, cleaning tools, you know, there's a, a janitorial cart, but you know, things like that. We also do packaging products. So tape, corrugate, you know, boxes and that sort of thing. Coastwide's a great brand because we, we say it's, it plays both in front of house and back of house. And so Back of house would be everything for, you know, the professional personnel using these box, using, sorry, these products to like, you know, clean a facility or, or for shipping. The front of house products are really products that everybody might interact with. And so I think the best example of that is we, we recently launched a dispenser line for, you know, uh, paper towel, soap, bath tissue. And that, that all lives in a, in a front of house environment where anybody could interact with it. And so our design language, you know, has to change between you know, we call them themes, this front of house theme and this back of house theme. But as you can imagine, you know, it's just a space where it's, in, it's inherent to have a ton of SKUs because there's, with cleaning in general, there's so many different types of cleaning and you just need the right product with the right spec for the right job. So for example, the front of house products, and this is the case for, for both front and back of house, uh, let's say with the paper towel dispensers, this isn't a case where Coastwide's buying a stock you know, towel dispenser and, and labeling it. I mean, your team is actually designing the aesthetic and the functionality and making it so that it can fit within a variety of different bathroom environments, right? Like, you know, how involved is your team in, in, in all those details? Yeah. So no, I mean, it's, 
it's one of the it, we we are involved like so we you know our, it's our job to deliver that design work and um yeah the dispenser line was was a whole ground up new um design project where we were creating a new design language and we wanted this really great sort of family look that was contemporary and fits in with again yeah like modern you know restrooms it doesn't it, it looks good we also wanted to fit in with the brand you know personality so that's the product development and then you've got to pack those out and ship those to individual stores from a mom and pop to a large enterprise. Yeah. So then that's where the, the guidelines come in. Yeah. And so I should actually frame it up. So like we, you know, we actually use three different guides. So we have a brand guide, which is all about the brand, you know, personality, positioning, essence, pillars. Uh, we have a product guide, which describes, you know, the physical product, you know, what does on product identity look like, logos, graphics, colors, the shape of the product, the profile, the silhouette, you know, and then we have our packaging guide. You know, the hope is that when you when you get to this packaging guide, you've got a good product in hand. And when you exit this product or the packaging guide, it's it's packaged and it's like ready to ship to a customer. That's excellent, man. So I'm gonna go ahead and share my screen. And we awesome. can kind of we can kind of dig into this guy. You know, been hyping it up for a little bit here. So now it's time to actually see what we're talking about. Awesome. So you can see, um, just confirm you can see my screen. Yep. Looks good. Uh, it does look good. He <laughs> 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 guys created it. No. Um, <laughs> cool, man. So, uh, yeah. So this is the, the guidelines for, for Coastwide, right? This is the, the kickoff from March 2020. Uh, and we're recording this in, uh, what is it? It's July in terms of just understanding the guides, right? You, you didn't, you know, you didn't go online and you didn't download a set of templated guidelines. Like you built this from the ground up. I've seen a lot of guides. And I think honestly, even in college, I was looking at, you know, just like, how do you, how do you do a logo and how do you do color and, and white spacing and, and how do you create rules? Like, I mean, I think guides have been around for a really long time. I just hadn't seen, we never really seen like a blueprint for a packaging guide and we really felt like we needed one. So I think that's where, you know, Part of this was really exploratory and how do we create something that's going to be really useful for us and you know we do have these for the other brands as well and i think everyone's different because we're really thinking about you know how is this guide working for the brand so i just don't think a specific template i mean although i think that's probably a great starting point i think every brand's so unique that these guides can be more personal to the brand I should say too, you know, this is a, a, a very abbreviated um version of the guide <laughs> yes <laughs> so <laughs> We left out like a lot of the confidential, you know, anything we felt was personal or, or confidential so we could strip out, out that stuff and hopefully just give a bit of a skeleton to show kind of how we formatted this and how we think about it. In this image, right, we've got a soap dispenser and I'm assuming the, the buckets and everything else are, are products that I would go to Coastwide for. Yeah, yeah. And I think exactly. And then just setting the environment. So like, you yeah. know, we play in these three spaces. So just sort of, just sort of giving some context. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I think I see those caution, wet floor things, you know, when we were able to go out before in the olden days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you don't consider, like, somebody's got to pack those out, right? These have to ship, and I'm sure they're shipping, like, a set of three or a set of four or whatever that is, and they've got to be protected. And it's, you know, whether it's, a, like, an ABS plastic or some kind of poly combination, if those things drop, they're going to snap or break. So there's a lot of protection that, that's in, in, involved in there. Totally. You know, yeah. You just forget that. Sometimes that everything that you're seeing actually gets packaged. So it's not just the pretty things that are on shelf and your guidelines covers everything. 
Yeah. Well, and I think that's hard too, because like I think we'll talk about it, but you know, when you look at different products, even within a category, like there's a lot of just different category norms. Like, is it shipped in a poly bag? Is it shipped in a corrugate box? Is it, you know, whatever, just bubble wrapped and you know, I don't know, is there just a label on it? Like there's so much variety in, in even in just these consistent categories that that's also just that variety makes it really challenging. Sure. And there's no cookie cutter approach to this at all. No. If you can just kind of walk me through what we're looking at, um, obviously it's, it's the overview, but you know, this is the starting point. A hundred percent. Yeah. So we really start our guides with, you know, kind of this high level strategic thinking. And a lot of this, we want to ladder back and support the brand guide. You know, as we go into our packaging guide, we look at what the brand personality attributes are. We, we try to build those out and use those really as our design principles, but we have to look at them through this lens of the brand positioning. Uh, you know, who's our end customer? How much do we know about them? You know, who's our end customer? Who's the end user? Who's our aspirational customer? Just really understanding, you know, that, that individual, that person. And then, like you said, under, you know, the channel as well. So I should say coast, coastwide is really B2B, but you know, if this was retail and brick and mortar, you know, this would, again, we have a really different approach to our, you know, design thinking, but, uh, but yeah, I, I feel like, you know, this strategic stuff is, you know, really how we start. And, and this section is pretty long. We give a lot of examples around each design principle and how, how it translates to, to packaging and put those guardrails in up front. You know, I think a lot of times when we, when we think of guidelines and, you know, we're talking about understanding the customer and the positioning, you, know, you don't consider, oh, this is a janitorial, you know, this is uh, facilities, <laughs> right? Like, you know, honestly, but you have yeah. a customer, you have somebody that needs the product, you have to approach all of your design with this type of a system. You know, you, you have to understand everybody. So just understanding your, your consumer, how do they purchase the products? Is it through catalog? Is it through web? Like what's that engagement? Where's that begin? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's definitely a few ways. I mean, you know, even just staples.com, you know, there's contract, there's catalogs. So, so they can find it in a, in a variety of, of different places. Yeah, you know, and I should say like, it, you know, this isn't luxury packaging. And so understanding that customer and their expectations, you know, some things might actually be really inappropriate for that mm -hmm. customer. And so we want to understand like, what are they used to? And then how can we exceed their expectations? Or what do they really value? You know, I think what we've found with, with Coastwide is, these are utilitarian products. So, you know, how can we add utility? How, how can we add value from a, from a functional standpoint? You know, yeah, yeah, I think we really look at that sort of stuff. No, and, that, and that's, that's really important. You know, if I go, you know, if I'm purchasing facilities products for, for my home office or for, you know, an enterprise office, I'm going to go online or through catalog. I'm going to have this wonderful experience. And when I receive the product, I expect that that experience continues, you know, and, and it's not just product protection, but that there's actually a design sensibility within that packaging because that value, like you said, is why I'm paying a premium. That's, that's what I'm expecting as a customer. So yeah, tell me about, tell me about the products that we're looking at and how the system works. The next few slides we're looking at are structural packaging. We discuss carton zoning, which uses illustrations of cartons and indicators in orange that outline details per zone of a box. It outlines where product ID position is, where the primary labels are applied. Then it also talks about safe handling, showing where the warnings go, interactions, so where the openings are, the access points. It also has user guidance, so instructions or customizations that go on labels. 
Then we go into structural interaction zones, which discuss perforations, mounting anchors, and D-shaped chads, which are the handles, dispensing flaps, or really anything that is partially removed and has an element of board that remains behind. Yeah, so we go right into structural. This is where we pretty much lay out all of our structural thinking, and, and we have a bunch of stuff in here. Yeah, just sort of wanted to pull out a few of these. This would basically be, you know, I think specifically we use this a lot for our, our chemicals. This would be a master carton that, you know, a chemical bottle or a couple might may sit in, or, you know, we actually blow this out and we, we hope this works across really all the product categories. Yeah. So we thought, okay, well, if it's, if it's a corrugate box, you know, what, what can we do to just create consistencies here and, and how can we zone these boxes so that even as we launch new products, you know, we, we again still have that consistency. And so, yeah, we created this, this graphic here to help articulate our thinking. So, uh, the first, you know, illustration you see is product ID. And so we have these labels that wrap two sides of the box and that has all of our product info, you know, product title, you know, description, et cetera. And our thought is, you know, we've seen these boxes. We don't know what the orientation is going to be when they're sitting on a shelf. So we want to give redundant information again, kind of adding utility to this thing. So it's not just on one side. So we've really zoned out, you know, two panels to, to display this information you know, orientation, you know, no cut symbols, other sort of icons that encourage safety can go and just reside. And we will just make sure we're never interfering in that in that zone. <laughs> the interactions, and I think there's, there's some following slides that that we go into more detail on the interactions. But you know, how do people open this box? How do they carry the box? If the box dispenses product, you know, what's that perforation zone like? How does it dispense? So we've created you know, rules around that. And then just additional guidance. So in certain situations, this box might actually be, you know, if it's dispensing, it might actually be, you know, almost considered like the product. product yeah. So we'd want some sort of instructions for use or some sort of guidance uh, in that area. So our hope by creating these zones, it's, it's like it's not too rigid. It sort of gives people some flexibility, but um, it does give us some order to, to the box mm -hmm. itself. You know, and we're looking at pages 26 and 27, right? So we are jumping around. And digging deeper. So as we're looking at this, like you mentioned, these are the master cartons. So this is what your multiple products are shipping in. Um, so yeah. this, this would arrive to my location as is. So the reason that you're needing those labels, like you mentioned, isn't just because it arrives at my, at my location and I need to understand what it is. I'm assuming that also goes to warehousing and storage and inventory and all these other uh, components within just supply chain. Yeah, and I think that's a good point. Like in some situations, this this probably, you know, could get packed into a, an even bigger box, you know, if somebody's purchasing multiple product, you know, it's in a fulfillment center somewhere or a distribution center somewhere, you know. Your carton zoning, you know, when you dig into pages further within this section, will then explain sizing, proportions, colors, and all these other things. And you're going to see this orange color throughout. Because yes. This, this orange color, you know, what, is that, what does that orange color mean? Yeah, it's, well, it's our brand color, but we really use it for, you know, we call it an activation touchpoint color. It's, it's really meant to inform where you should honestly, like, which, where you should interact with the product and what you should touch. And so if it's guidance for use, it could be knobs, it could be buttons on product. If it's on packaging, it could be where you open the package, where you're supposed to puncture something and rip the perforation. Uh, now we're pages 30, 38, 39. You know, these interaction zones, right? You've got everything from perforations the corner radiuses on some of these, um, you know, you're really digging into the specifics. Yeah. Um, how do you just determine what the appropriate corner radius is? Is that from a, from a brand standpoint? Is that something that, that begins from, from there and then extends into packaging? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, with the radius, we were really thinking about 
like, you know, if something's dispensing or if, you know, we talked about this, these chads, you know, these handles, and if, you know, somebody's wearing gloves, like, is it big enough or, or what's going through the perforation? And, you know, we wanted to make it so it's a, it's like easy to tear and it's easy to tear it around a radius. So it doesn't get caught in a, in a corner, but also, you know, if we're, if we're doing these jagged perforations, we don't want things to have a hard time dispensing or, you know, a glove getting, getting caught on something. So I think, you know, I think that's sort of where, where that came from. We've talked about this, I think in the past where it's like, this is potentially <laughs> like a black hole, like you can get lost on, on this one. Um, yeah. So I think it's good sort of the level of resolution that this one's at just yes. because perforation is, yeah, it could be a challenge for yeah. sure. No, and, and you're right. So just to, to give context, we have talked about, uh, you know, Logan and I have talked about this, these guys several times. Um, but when you talk about black holes, as you're building this out, uh, not specific to, to the perforations themselves, but as you're building out these guidelines, I'm sure there are areas where you have to you have to just say okay this is as far as we're going because we can keep going forever. So yeah. Tell, tell me about how you stop yourself and when you're building something like this. I think for us it's like we want to give the right amount of information where it's useful, but we don't want to get stuck. We don't want to overdesign something too early yeah. and then feel like we have to follow those rules. You know, I think like in this section of structure, we actually do on other slides that aren't aren't here today. We we talk about what substrates we want to use, what kind of printing quality we're shooting for. You know, and we do we do provide like actual specs that are mm -hmm. that are super clear. Like this is one of those areas where I started looking at it and it was, you know, you can you can specify like the cut length versus the remaining corrugate yes. bridge. And then, you know, all of our like our stuff passes ISTA testing. And so if it goes through a drop test and the contents burst through this perforated area, like it'll it'll fail that testing. And so you know, so if we make that those cut marks too small, then, then the user can't rip off the perforation and it's right. pretty much useless. So it's like, you know, we looked at these spreadsheets of like, okay, well, you know, I was thinking like, if, if it's this much weight and it's it's this kind of perforate, you know, with this sort of substrate, <laughs> like what's the perforation? And it just was like, you know what, we'll cross those bridges, you know, right. as we as we kind of get there. And yeah, it's just hard to to have that much forethought, I think, in some of this stuff. But yeah, I think you'll that's, notice. That's the stuff that, you know, that's the stuff that we geek out on, right? It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like you want to know exactly what those things should be, but there are so many variables that you can spend your time in a much better, <laughs> in a much better area that's going to move you actually forward. Exactly. So you've got, you know, so it's the same thing, right? It's box closures is another black hole that you could potentially get into. So you're keeping yep. it high level. Yeah, I think what this we want to say, like, you know, here's our hierarchy, here's kind of our ideals, um, you know, ideal situation. and then depending on the vendor and the project, you know, other acceptable alternatives. So, you know, if we can use glue, great. If, if we can't and we're using a craft colored box, can we do this matching, you know, water activated tape? Um, we know that's really strong and it's, it's good at volume. And, you know, if we're doing a white box, clear tape, so we're not having this color clash. So it seems really simple, but again, it's just sort of a reminder, I think, for us. Really what this, what this is, is it does simplify decision making when you're talking to manufacturers that are putting together the products and then fulfilling this out if you don't specify what happens is they're going to do like an h tape closure or they're going to you know use whatever tape they have on hand and then they start breaking the system and it's out of your control so by providing something like this you're taking control of everything and you're giving them the flexibility to make decisions these are the three ways to pack it out everybody can can participate in in that uh, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's like you want to create a really tight system, but give everybody the flexibility to be able to, to make it work for, for their systems. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, you know, we, we have this, I'm, I'm sure everybody does, but you, you come into these situations where you aren't going to get your ideal situation. Like you just, it just doesn't make sense from costing standpoint, from a manufacturing standpoint, you know, the way these things are built. And so it is like having that flexibility, I think for us is just knowing it's still on brand, like that's just really helpful just to have some alternatives to it. Sure. We've got the label system on the structure you're showing where, where pieces are applied, um, how you direct the user to know where to apply the labels. This is page 65. So we're, you know, almost 70 pages deep and we're still just touching on like the, the out of box, you know, yeah. just to, to give you a sense of how, of how big this is. And I kind of want to just kind of jump through to like the, all right, so the next section, right? So that was you know, a, a big chunk of the first part of just structure and interacting yeah. with it. Yeah. So when we get into design elements and graphics, it's, you know, front of house and what things actually look like. So can we kind of just give us a high level on, on this area. Yeah, right. So yeah, so this area we um we talk about, okay, here's all these different structures. So we have our front of house and then uh we have our back of house structures. And basically the idea with this chapter is it's really it's like where the rubber meets the road. This is where we figure out how our graphic systems are gonna fit and flex on all these structures. And we have such a variety of shapes, so we, we have to figure out a graphic system that is flexible enough that it's going to work, but also rigid enough where we continue to deliver again that same that same experience. So I think the graphic stuff is really challenging, but it's super important. So yeah, so that's basically just an overview of the structures and the graphics we're going to talk about for front of house. This is the same thing for back of house. So it's from a printed carton to a two sided label, sure. printed carton with a label. Yeah. yeah, and I love this. You know, the activation color right where we're showing where where you punch it out, how you hold it. Right. It's really thought through. And again, this is back of house. So you're really thinking of the person that's tearing into that, you know, that box of trash bags, how they're going to do it so that they tear it appropriately so that they don't have this wonky rip that then dispenses too many products at once. Like there's a whole, you know, there's a, there's a reason for, for everything. Right. Well, I think the, the preparation thing is funny too, because it's like, how, how do people take it out? Like, and how is it oriented? You know, if they want to slot it in like a book, can they still, you know, access stuff, you know, if it's sitting yeah. flat like that, can they still use it? Yeah. It's like every orientation. How do we, how do we solve this problem? Same here. Yeah. Right. Same here. Yeah. So I think this one we haven't really talked about, but it's, you know, we consider everything that goes on these products packaging as well. So mm -hmm. this is where like, we don't touch on it too much in structure, but, but we have to solve for on product labels uh, as well. Okay. So at this point, we're looking at a wall-mounted cleaning chemical dispenser that holds several bottles of product. The product design is built to showcase the labels on the bottles through windows in order to be legible and display critical product information. The reason I love this particular section of the guide is because it showcases a seamless harmony between product and packaging, only possible by both teams collaborating with a singular goal in mind, communication. So with that on product labeling, uh, we're talking about where where these labels go on the pack. It's not just a matter of I've got a cylinder and I need graphics, right? It, it's thinking through the its entire process, uh, the use case, and what else it's interacting with. So talking about this slide, and this is always one slide that I always geek out on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I mean I think you touched on it. Like yeah, you know we we think a lot about orientation. You know we think a lot about color. 
you know, one thing we've done with our chemicals is we've separated our chemicals by types. So, you know, disinfectants, multipurpose, glass cleaners, degreasers, floor, you know, we've created these colors for each chemical type. You know, we wanted that to be super pronounced and loud on the labels themselves. So you see different chemicals are going to have a different background color, but, you know, also what's the orientation? So, you know, we want, again, some sort of a re repeated information on both like this landscape side as well as the, the portrait side. But, you know, in some situations, you know, so this is an example of chemicals that fit with a, a wall a dispenser where it actually dilutes the chemical. It hooks up to a water supply and it mixes chemicals to the proper ratio of water. We've got to be able to show that chemical label through these little window cutouts in the dispenser itself. And we obviously have to think about how that packaging delivers when it's in use in a dispenser like this. You know, in, in this case, you've got, you've got graphics and the structure. Everything is working together. So regardless of, of who I am and I'm approaching this product, I can see the information on the packaging. It's really intuitive. You know, I'm looking at the window area and that radius on that. Does that tie back to previous radiuses? And does that radius also then apply to the, the product itself? Does that become a, a consistent component? You know, I, in general, we do strive for that. Like we do try and have these consistent design elements for sure across our, our product. You know, when we can, we try and bring those into packaging as well. I mean, we love that harmony, you know, yeah. if we can do it. Yeah, I think, I think dispensers is probably, a, you know, like actually the front of house dispensers is probably a good example of like a really consistent language. But yeah, I think, I think this one works. To that point, when you're working in packaging and you're developing packaging for a product that's in process or maybe a product that's already completed, being able to work with the product development team is so critical because they've created a language within the system itself that can be rolled out into the packaging. And if you're not having that conversation with the two teams, you can just have packaging that misses a lot of great opportunities or yeah. kind of breaks that, begins to break that system. Yeah. And I think that's actually, that's one of the things I love about my role is that because I can work on structural and graphics and, and the physical design of the product, you know, like we go into packaging really with like an intimate knowledge of the product. Right. And so um, I think instead of just receiving a product and trying to figure out how to pack it, we might want to highlight some assembly details or an orientation that we think is really important. So I think that is it's sort of nice to have that knowledge going into packaging. Yeah. So let me get into brand. We'll kind of just kind of skip through this one a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, you this is your, pretty common. Yeah. So this is kind of, yeah, this is like where you start seeing, you know, color, logo, all the main information that you typically see in, in brand guidelines. So I'm assuming that that's yeah. going to be an abbreviated version. Exactly. And yeah. It, we're not keeping count, but you know, this is, 100 page 130 of this book. <laughs> I should say we use we use big fonts and small, you know, a lot of images. So <laughs> not, not trying to make it too long, but no. yeah. But what's great about it is that you've got this book broken out into chapters. So if I'm working on new pack for a paper towel dispenser, I can go to different sections, understand structure, get you know, get that as my baseline, move into graphics. Um, and, and it just, it's an easy to use format. Yeah. Our hope is people flip through it. They like, just like that. Yeah. Right. You just, you just jump to whatever section you're not expecting anybody to read cover to cover. No, uh, though it is riveting, you know, I've got to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> um, but with anything else that we're, we're wrapping labels on, we're talking facilities, products, you know, chemicals, there's going to be a lot of mandatory and regulatory information that goes on here. and you know, this is the part from a design standpoint that you're never really excited about because you never know how many different translations you're gonna you're gonna have to run into. Yeah, but you guys make it really simple. So tell me a little bit about the way that you guys have broken this out. 
Yeah. So I think, yeah, I mean, you said it like this is information that has to go on onto the product. Coastwide is great because Coastwide is a brand that's translated uh, both English and Spanish. But, you know, really with this one and it's different by product, what information has to go on these labels. But we just wanted to create a, a consistent hierarchy. So just something that followed the same order um, every time. And so, you know, instructions for use being at the top, industry certifications, we, we have some uh, great certifications and then warnings all the way down to your UPC. So it's, you know, if somebody is reading this stuff and they buy a bunch of coastwide products, they can hopefully kind of orient themselves when they get a new product. They'll know, you know, where to look for the emergency or warning information. Yeah, they don't have to get lost, but just more consistency. Yeah, and, and what's interesting about that is that from a user standpoint, you don't, you don't really recognize the order, right? You know, like if you're looking at a shampoo bottle, you know, or uh, a cleaner, you don't recognize that there's an order there. Yeah, but you but you do like subconsciously, you know where to look for certain things. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think of like I think of like Tylenol, right? Like if you're looking like, OK, how, how you know, how many am I supposed to take? You know, how do you, you just find like that? skim down the label? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And hopefully it's where you think it is. Oftentimes it's not. But yeah. <laughs> yeah and I always think of, I always use my mom as an example. Right? My poor mom. It's like if she looks at these. Will she know where to where to find the information, right? And if you've built out this consistency, then yeah, of course. Yeah. She might yeah. not know. She might she won't be able to explain it to me. Go, oh yeah, look in the bottom left corner. That's where the certification is. But right. if she's looking at it, you just got you know skim down and you know where things are. Right. Uh, then with anything else, right? Like whether it's facilities, tech, cosmetics, there's always going to be instructions. And you guys have taken it from out of pack, how it moves to on pack. And now these are additional pieces. So right. tell me about like the illustrations and everything else that you guys have worked on here. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, this is really the, the, kind of the like, you know, final details. Um, yeah. We have guides around if it's just a one page leaflet, if it's a multi-page booklet, if we can use color, how are we using color and is there a, a rhyme or a reason to it? Yeah. We, you know, we put all that information in here as well. So we're not guessing what color an arrow should be or or um, a key line, or even the perspective of the product and the, the type of resolution we want for these uh, illustrations. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're trying to just be really clear again. So as we go through and we make manual after manual, we're, we're, we're staying on track. But yeah, we thought about exactly like how the, what the color usage is, the line weights, um, the angles, and, you know, and all so, of that. So you, with the perspective of the product, are you saying that you've got a consistent perspective on all illustrations? You know, on, on, on a lot of them, that's what we strive for. Yeah. So, you know, we look at like, okay, we like this isometric illustration probably pulled from CAD. So it's, mm -hmm. it's got a lot of the details like the ribs and, you know, the assembly parts. Yeah. And we, you know, we try and strive for that exact isometric shot, you know, every time, you know, if we, if we can, you know, there's certain situations where it doesn't make sense. Like, you know, you look at flat warning icons, like don't, you know, like a, a caution for, for slipping on a wet floor and, you know, having something really flat and bold is, you know, it's a little bit different. So we look at like on product graphics versus, excuse me, instruction manual graphics. And, you know, where's the right place to add that detail where it's informative and helpful? And then where is it better to just simplify it and go with like more of a gesture? So it reads at distance. Yeah. Yeah. And then we're talking, you know, design demo, all that information from out of pack to on pack and, you know, all the different cues. You know, yeah. It gives you like a good, a, a good view of what that looks like. Yeah, I think, you know, this is always the fun section for us. This is where, you know, we try and take all the rules we just put together in the guide and then we express it how we see it happening, basically. Mm -hmm. And so this is like if somebody followed this guide perfectly, 
we can start showing what the output would be. And so we love showing this stuff because it's, it's usually pretty high gloss, high quality renderings. And, um, you know, some of the stuff might not get, get made, um, but it still just really illustrates the point if we were to ever do, do something like this. So yeah, so this is just the, the culmination of all the information sure. basically. Yeah. And I think for anybody, you know, for anybody that's watching this, when you see this family of, of packaging and you see the design applied to it, right? We've got the, the clear label or the clear tape on one of the boxes, the water activated tape, the glued lid, you can see the position of the label on all of them. And you see this, these, these activation zones, you know, it, it comes together like a really well thought out system that when you're receiving the product, you see them, but you don't see all the work that goes into it. Kudos to, to your team for developing something that works so, you know, so seamless that, that it's amazing. Well, th thank you so much. Yeah, no, it's it's fun showing this stuff and talking to it. So, yeah, no, appreciate yeah. it. And you, you know, you've, you've talked in the past about um, formatting this for the reader and, and making it work for yeah, pipeline. Can you go tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, I think you know, I think it's one thing to just sort of have a bunch of slides. It's some of the stuff I've done in the past has really just been kind of out of order slides, but I'm keeping track of this information somewhere. We wanted to share this though, you know, cross functionally with with other teammates, you know, PD, uh, product development, product management, you know, potentially with a vendor partner or certain slides, probably wouldn't share this whole thing. But, um, you know, and, and the idea is basically, if you're not a designer, definitely designers are going to be using this. But if you're not a designer, can you still can you still use this guide and still put something out that is on brand? And I think we wanted to structure this. So the document itself is, is designed in that you can read it. There's chapters to it. There's a flow to it. You can find what you're looking for. Yeah, so we actually just spent time designing the document itself to be readable. And it's partly why it's so long is just because we didn't want to cram too much stuff into one page. And and yeah, it's more of a book, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, that's how you have to approach it. You've got chapters, you've got sections within those chapters. Um, it definitely makes sense. And when you were putting this together, you don't just start writing a book, right? You've got you've got to start building things out. Did you Did you work through it systematically from a structural standpoint? Looking you know, all the way across, or like you said, just did bits and pieces throughout. Yeah, we kind of did it. We kind of did it chapter by chapter, but we didn't do the chapters in order, if if that makes sense. Sure. Like we did the structural at one point, we did the graphics at one point, we did design principles and strategy at at one point, you know. And and it wasn't really until we started pulling it together and figuring out the right flow for it that it mm -hmm. that it kind of all came together. I mean, once we did that, we realized, you know, hey, we're missing ten or fifteen pages that would really fill sure. the story. We did it. We tried to do it in chunks. So, yeah. you know, where we could. Yeah. Cool. So, um, so going through the document, it's like, I see you, you see the value, you see how it works, but as a corporate entity, why does, why does the staples need a document like this? Yeah. I think this document helps with efficiencies. When we go into a new project, the idea is we aren't going to have to review every single artwork label with, you know, every stakeholder, every single time. When we're, when we're trying to deliver uh, a large volume of SKUs. Rather, if we know what we want going into this, we know the graphic system set up, we're aligned there. And then when we, when we are reviewing with a team, we can review a lot of stuff in a short amount of time. So our hope is, you know, at least my hope is it's, you know, there's this return on investment of the effort we put into this guide. We get out from the amount of, you know, fewer hours we're spending launching, uh, new packaging. If, if that makes sense. You know, I also just think it's a great reference doc for us. It's great for us to explore. And as we build out guides like this, we start to see, 
you know, hey, are there is there other areas we can play? You know, maybe you know, spur some sort of creativity. Um, but yeah, I think I think we get you know uh, a good amount of value out of this. Yeah, awesome, awesome. And I think it's you know it's one thing I always talk to um, designers and, and clients about is we don't do this for charity, right? It's a business. It's got to deliver. It's got to be profitable. And a guidelines like this, like you said, when you're talking about efficiencies. It's less wasted time, you know. It's allowing the corporation to save money, uh, but it's also then streamlining things for your vendors, right? They know they've got to pack out things in this particular format. And where a lot of times people don't realize, you know, if they're at a startup, is if you don't dictate a lot of this information up front, your vendor might not have that specific box, but they've got a whole palette of a box that's maybe a little different, and they they can pack things out that way because it's easy for them, but they don't realize. How that impacts the rest of your business. You know, you might not be able to fit as many on a pallet. You might not be able to fit them in whatever your storage container is that you're that you're using at that time. So taking control of the whole system, really, at the end of the day, is about saving money and using your resources extremely wisely. Which is again something that's, that's really important. So yeah. If somebody wants to put together a document like this, <laughs> where do you recommend they get started? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. I think, you know, I go back to a lot of brand stuff. Like, I think just the best way to get started on this is to do your research and to gather as much information up front as possible. You know, it depends on on what you have, you know, I would say from a brand standpoint already. If you have a brand guide, if you know your brand personality, your attributes, you know, that, that could save you a lot of time. But if you don't, I think you'll probably have to go in and start to figure some of that stuff out really early on. So, you know, definitely know your brand, know what you're, what, know what you're designing for, know your customer, do as much research you can up front uh, around your customer, what they expect, you know, maybe aspirational customers or other customers you'd want to have and what they expect. Definitely know your sales channels. So if this is, you know, Rick, uh, retail, like brick and mortar, you know, store, it's just going to be really different to compete on a shelf where there's so much happening and so much competition. And how do you create contrast and how do you stand out amongst something? amongst all these competitors versus how do you create efficiencies on, you know, an e-commerce business um, or, or B2B or, you know, lastly, probably from a just information gathering, try and see what you know about your vendors and your partners and what their capabilities are. You know, if you can design, you know, based on what a factory is capable of producing, like that's going to save you just so much time up front. Doesn't mean you should box in your design or your creative thinking just to one vendor, but definitely helps to know what's possible. You know, I think, I think from there, so kind of like once you've gathered all that information up front to, to really kind of build your strategy, uh, for packaging, you know, this is design principles, uh, think about the unboxing experience and, and how you're going to really deliver this, you know, experience every time. Yeah. You know, kind of start there. And then that, that really goes into like the creative, like start designing your packaging, you know, concept, you know, do your design process, build that out. Do the same, think about graphics, do the same for graphics, and then ladder in, like bring in, you know, all that mandatory information, domicile warnings. Yeah, I think the last thing is just to format it for the reader and yeah. uh, <laughs> make sure it works. But it sounds like a lot, you know, but a lot of it's just getting it but, good. But it, but it is, but it is a lot, right? You've yeah. done, there's a ton of work here. And I think that that's, uh, there's no reason to not say that it is a lot of work. And I think uh, the majority of people out there are not working with as many SKUs. And have as much very you know variability as uh, coastwide for a smaller brand. Don't expect to have a three hundred plus page document. You know you right. can knock something out in ten pages, right? It's just yeah. The the thing is just to get started and to create something that you can build on. Don't wait till you have packaging 
in the marketplace to build this, like you, when you're developing your product, that's when you should start working on this because that design language is then going to grow with the brand. Um, and you don't want to have to try to crowbar things in. Uh, yeah. I think what would be what would be really helpful, Logan, is if I can invite you back and maybe we can just do like a top 10 things that you need to, to build out some packaging guidelines and make a, a really quick, uh, actionable uh, episode. Yeah, that'd be, I'd be happy to. Yeah. That's awesome. Sounds like fun. Awesome, man. So I, I really want to thank you for one, for creating this thing and having this discussion. I think it's really helpful for people to understand the depth that we can get into with packaging and how important a document like this is. So when a brand is looking for a document, they're like, well, we've got packaging and it works. They don't realize all of the gaps that they have in their system. A lot of times it's just about moving forward and, and, and making new products, but something like this actually allows you to do that faster and save time and money. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So Logan, man, thanks again. I appreciate you being on. If anybody wants to reach out to you and um, talk to you yeah. further about this, ask you questions, what's the best place they can reach you at? Yeah. I think, um, you know, reach out to me on LinkedIn, more than happy to chat. Yeah. I just, uh, Logan Steinfeld, LinkedIn, you know, I have a website. You can check that out. It's, it's, I change it all the time. So <laughs> just don't expect much, but logansteinfeld.com. Yeah. I think I have my email up there as well. So feel free to shoot me an email if you, if you want to chat about it. Yeah. Awesome, man. And uh, what I'll do is I'll have all your information in the show notes and we'll, um, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks so much, Avelio. All right, man. Thank you. I want to thank Logan Steinfeld for being on, Staples for allowing him to be on. And I want to thank you for listening. We'll talk soon.